I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we are continuing to talk about some of the foundations of our faith, the, the Christian faith. And one of those foundations that, depending on how you grew up, maybe maybe you were taught one way and you kind of agree with it full-heartedly, or maybe you disagree with it, or maybe you're brand new to the Christian faith and you're trying to wrap your head around it. But we're talking about money. We're talking about money as to what we do with it in our faith with the church, what we do with tithes, offering, being generous, things like that. So I know the word tithe comes from, well, I shouldn't say for sure it comes from, but because who knows the actual origin of the word. I don't. I didn't do that research. But it we think of it from a lot of times the Old Testament and the meaning of it being like a tenth. And so that's where a lot of teaching comes from when people talk about tithes. So they talk about in the Old Testament, they would bring a tenth of their harvest a lot of times, right? As a as an offering. So even in today's day and age, when people talk about tithing, they talk about 10% of what they earned at their job, right? Of giving that to the church they attend, or maybe not even the church they attend, giving it to a ministry that maybe isn't necessarily a church, but, you know, something that they're very much feel is where they want their finances to go. Right. So it's just the tithe literally means 10th. Like when you read in the old Testament, you can read stories about, you know, um, Abraham, when he went to war and he brought back his spoils from war to Melchizedek, they brought a 10th back. It's just basically means a 10th tithe means a 10th. Um, and so some people I have been in my life and, and can lean towards being pretty legalistic about a 10th of what you, um, what you earn or, sure, or yeah. make, what you or, earn, or, make or whatever, whatever that looks like goes back to the Lord. So it could be from your income or it could be something you maybe had a bonus at work or whatever, that 10% of that goes back to the Lord because that would have been under the law. That was how they functioned was in that way. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what you have to do. It doesn't mean it's what you have to practice in the faith, but the Bible does tell us to be generous. And so I want to focus more, not so much on the, the tithing aspect of our practices of our faith, but I want to focus on the generosity, which does tie in tithing, of course, but I think it's bigger than 10%. I think generosity is more than giving out of that 10%. It's giving out of sometimes your, your lack. Like you look at the widow and her might, her mites, like she, Jesus uses the story to talk about how, um, the wealthy people were giving out of their abundance, but the widow gave out of her lack. She gave all she had to the Lord. And that's what Jesus honored and Jesus noticed and called out. And so it doesn't, I want to stay away from that 10%. And I want to focus on the generosity, like giving of, of ourselves in the fullness of it and not just in a, a portion of it. I think a very important part is tithe is the word and it means 10th and things like that. But, you know, we could debate, does that, 
something that we need to live under today, right? That was more of an Old Testament thing versus New Testament, etc. Right? There's there's different ways to look at it, and to me, it's more of a conviction of your heart, of you know what you give, and also not just what you give, whether that's a dollar amount or um, giving of yourself and things like that, but also doing it privately versus publicly, I believe is a matter of the heart. Don't get me wrong. If somebody feels that they want to give 10% of every paycheck they earn, net profit, gross profit, whatever it may be, and they feel they should do that, I have no problem with that, right? And if I don't do that, I don't think anyone should have a problem with me doing that. And likewise, if someone, every time they do it, they write a check or they use an offering envelope to put their information on it so that they can, you know, get uh, a tax credit down the line. I Personally, I, <laughs> I don't agree with that, but... I'm not the one to convict them, right? Like me personally, if I'm going to give financially to a ministry, I do it anonymously because I feel like, well, what's if, if I'm only doing it to get a tax break, then what am I doing it for? So again, personally, I have a hard time when people do that, but that's not my place to convict them. Like, that's a matter of their own heart. Right. It's the Matthew 6-1 concept. It says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they will have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And I, a problem I have with our like our western culture of giving is that we you know people give they get their tax write-off you know this is kind of getting into i'm sorry if we're stepping on some toes and i'm sure we are because thaddeus and i probably have a very countercultural christian cultural view to tithe and offerings and generosity but there is so much and i've seen so much of it been being a believer my whole life of people getting certain positions in the church because they've given so much or people um getting huge tax write-offs and and giving because they get a tax write-off and all these things compiling over the years i think have really impacted my view on generosity and giving that if we're not even supposed to let our left hand know what our right hand is doing then why do we get a statement that's a giving statement from any, I'm not talking about just your church. I'm talking about any sort of nonprofit organization gives you a giving statement at the end of the year. It's not just a church. So I'm not trying to bury churches in the ground here. I'm not at all. I, I love the church. I love the body of Christ and the fellowship of believers. And I, I think we should give generously to them. I think we should do, uh, let's just go right away to second well, Corinthians. But, okay. Sorry. But even the matter of the fact is, why do we get those statements? Well, the nonprofits have to, right? Like if they're taking money in, they, you know, it's, and it's not anonymous, they do have to do that legally, right? So, but it's that matter of, are you able to give for me 
if I'm going to give, I, I try to give cash, you know, so that it is anonymous. And maybe not everybody has that mentality. And it's just like, no, it's just easier to, you know, and maybe they're not doing it to get that tax write off or anything. It's just a matter of convenience to not have to make sure they have the cash that they want to give. Right. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's times where I've given via like tax to give and things like that, where I've been at like at a camp and I felt God wanted me to give. And so I did, but I didn't have cash on me. So I did their text to give thing, you know, like, but I was doing it out of my heart and not out of, Oh, I can do this and I can get this tax right off, et cetera, et cetera. And before you jump into, I think Corinthians, you said Mm -hmm. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you tithe mint and dill and and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others, right? You like, great, you're you're, you're giving, but don't forget about the other things that you should be contributing to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seeds for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing of grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. I think that whole passage sometimes can get twisted into... Again, we're probably stepping on some toes, but into like the prosperity gospel of give, 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 you you do it. And God's going to just, you know, you're, you're going to get rich. You're going to do this because you're giving it, you know, like that whole, that whole spiel. Right. Right. And it is a kingdom principle. That's a hundred percent true because when we, when we sow, we reap what we sow and it's true. But it's been manipulated. Right. It's, it's been turned into this platform. But the amount we sow is directly related to what we're going to reap. It it is. It's just a principle of the kingdom of God. It's, it's true, but it is a platform. You're right. But I think it's, it's not directly financially. Like you give X amount of dollars and God's going to give you 10 times that amount of dollars back. No, it, that's not what it means. It's you give, even if it's money, money or whatever, God's going to bless you, right? It's not God's going to bless you with wealth, like financial wealth, right? That 
I'm pretty sure it doesn't say that, right? And but that's how it gets twisted into the the prosperity gospel, where I feel like people get wrapped into it and they get wrapped into a lavish lifestyle. And unfortunately, there are pastors of churches that get wrapped into that where then it's their platform and it's a way that they convince people to give more money and they're not necessarily using all that money for, you know, like we talked about Jesus and the Pharisees, like they're not necessarily using that for justice and and being merciful to people and things like that, but they're using it to fund a lavish lifestyle that they can now afford because they they are getting people to give them money and they're like hey look at me look look what i'm doing and look how good it looks right it's interesting that you say that because what i just read in verse seven says you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure it's supposed to be a decision in your heart it should be something between you and god and if god is placing on your heart hey do this you give in response to god and not to the pressures of men because here's the thing well and that's why it's super important that when you hear a sermon at a church or you're listening to our podcast which is not necessarily a sermon but we're using scripture right that you don't just take the script you know one or two verses but you look them up and you know, make sure you are reading around them so you have the full context because anybody could take any verse in the Bible and make it, you know, fit a narrative that they have. But then if you read a couple of verses before or after, it's like, whoa, 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 like that's not necessarily what this was about. And it just reminds me of a few years ago, Thaddeus and I were at camp with our family and there was this message, we were at family camp and there was this message about a thousand fold blessing and being kind of a, I don't know, cynic or critical person a little bit. I try to usually have a pretty outward positive perspective on life and try to always filter the world through that positive lens. But my human nature a lot of times can be a little critical and um, I really try to take those thoughts captive and put them in obedience to Christ. So in my criticism of this thousandfold message and trying to take those critical thoughts captive and put them in obedience to Christ because here I'm like, well, they're just twisting scripture and they're just doing this and this and this just to get a big offering. I felt the pushback of the Holy Spirit in my heart that was like, I can do it. I can do a thousandfold blessing because my challenge isn't necessarily even, it was like my challenge was almost with, would God really do that? And of course God can do whatever he wants to do. And so I just felt this pushback from the Holy Spirit in my heart. That was, I can do that. I can do a thousandfold blessing if I want to do a thousandfold blessing. And so I just took a few bucks and I put it in the offering and I was like, okay, (laughs) like I, my little stubborn heart was like, okay. And so I put it like three or $4 in the offering plate and then, so totally forgot about it. Not that long later, a couple, like a month, month and a half later, um, we had a hole come into our deck. And I, it was like, you could see our deck's pretty high and you could literally look through the hole and see straight through the ground. And I was kind of, okay, Lord, like, we have this huge hole in our deck and I have children that could fall through it. What are we going to do about this? And um, you know, just put something over it in the meantime so nobody falls through it, but still slightly concerned about it. Thaddeus was, and I like talked, we're 
we need to get this deck replaced, but it's so expensive to buy wood. It's all, you know, ridiculously priced. And so Thaddeus one day was just looking online and he found planks of wood for what were they, two cents a piece? Something like that. I mean, they weren't necessarily like standard size planks that you'd use for a deck, like lengthwise. They, yeah, you a little know, shorter. A little shorter, but it was, it was like, we could use these like if we got enough. And I don't know why they're two cents or whatever, but that shows them in stock here. So, and I was <laughs> and, working and there and there. <laughs> well, right. Three and, different locations. <laughs> and, you know, so, and I was working and like, you should go see if you can go get them. And so, <laughs> and so, so she went and she got her mom too. So, because at the time we didn't have like uh, the vehicle that Trish had to drive. I mean, it was great. Like the back seats could fold down, but you could only fit so much lumber in it, you know? And so then her mom had an SUV and they drove, to three different stores and i think the first store they were like wow yeah well yeah that's the price i'm surprised that, that you found something you know and then the second store worked out the third store they were a little more like um uh, like why are you doing this you shouldn't you shouldn't be getting this but we have to like type of thing, the know? first two stores were like super excited for me that i was getting this price on wood but anyways but all it wasn't say, like anything malicious out of our like it was like this is a price like right we weren't trying to scam them like no this is, not at all we found but I, what was so cool about it was literally we replaced our deck for like three or four dollars did the whole you know all about all the wood to replace our deck and i just felt that in my spirit man i felt like the lord was in my response this is your thousandfold blessing because it was like thousands of dollars worth of wood that we were able to do our deck for couple you know a couple bucks and so it was really insane and it was one of those times where I was really challenged by God that it's so important that I give out of my obedience not out of the person who's on stage you know trying to get a rise out of everybody or out of guilt or out of shame or whatever but just out of the obedience of my heart to be giving to the Lord and here's the thing guys the Bible says to give we're we're to give we're to live generously we're to give to the church give to the storehouse give to those in need and that is our response our obedience to god is we are to be generous people we're to just live a life of generosity but how the church handles it how the homeless person who you give money to handles it how somebody you give money to that just graduated or whatever it would be do it in obedience how they handled and they steward what you give them is not on you. It is on them. And so if you are being called by God to give to an organization or to a church or to a person or whatever, walk in obedience to that. Be a good steward of what you own, what you possess. It's on them how they handle what you give them. It's not on you. And so um, you know, we were talking earlier about maybe some organizations that manipulate people to try to get them to give. Cool. Well, even, I mean, in recent memory, even where there's been ministries that have like, say they, they know the end is coming, right? And predicting the end times and have convinced people to basically sell everything they have and, and donate their money to go travel with them, you know, and it's like, did they really believe that or was it just a scam to get all this money? Like 
I don't know, like, but it's, you got to use your heart and what you believe. And, you know, hopefully you're testing something like that or not something quite as large of that, but like everything you're testing with the Holy spirit and, and God's word and, and prayer and just everything like that, not just being reliant on whoever says this is what we need you to do. Right. Yes. There's churches that have like uh building funds and things that they try to raise money for. And sometimes they, it feels like every single, you know, week it's a, about a, you know, we got to fund this building or even not churches, but Christian radio stations where they do like, telethons to you know raise money so they can keep being on the airwaves and because they don't want to do advertising you know and it's like at what point to me it's just something that irritates me because it's like you could go do advertising like and not be so pushy for people to give you money like it's that for me when i when i've heard those on the radio it's like i don't want to listen like my heart, I don't want to get like, I'm, I'm feeling like you're just telling me I have to or see you later. Like, and so it's like, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to work. And don't get me wrong. Okay. Churches need funds. Okay. They, they do. That's how they function. That's how I get paid. <laughs> people, people give to churches yep. and that's how they pay for staff. And not every church has a large staff. Okay. But they pay for staff. They pay for, uh, whether they own a building or renting a building, they pay for to keep the lights on, heat, air conditioning, you know, everything, right? Tech, you know, it all costs money. And and not every church just has, you know, uh, one rich guy or, or one rich man or woman or couple that are going to just fully fund it, right? I mean, that's just not how it works. And there's churches that fold because there isn't enough that comes in, you know, that, that is a reality. Um, so don't get me wrong. People do need to give. It is in the Bible to give. And sometimes people, you know, like myself, I don't necessarily give a 10% all the time. Sometimes I feel like I should give. Sometimes I feel like I don't need to give. And sometimes I feel like I need to give more of myself versus money, you know, time, whatever, right? And I know that probably blurs some lines for people, but that's just where my heart is with it. And we approach it kind of differently. I have on my budget for the month, I have a an offering budget and then I have a give budget where I budget a certain amount to give to the local assembly and then I which is our church and then I have a certain amount that I budget that I give to wherever my heart, I guess, wherever the Holy Spirit leads me to give. Um, and that could just be on a whim. It could be, I know somebody in need. It could be, I feel like I should buy this person this, whatever. I have a, I budget out of my paycheck, a budget that's just to give generously. So I have a, like the, the, I suppose like a, what you could call a tithe and offering budget. And then I have a give generously budget. And, and for me, that's what works. Like I just, that's my response to my obedience to where, where I feel like God has me. And so that's the challenge is Holy Spirit leads you in your, in your giving. It's not, I do think it can be something. It's okay to be, um, 
have rules and boundaries on yourself because if you don't, then you won't do it because it's so easy to live selfishly. It's so easy to live for ourselves. It's so easy to get caught up in our finances instead of remembering that everything we own is God's. So not 10% of what you own is God's, but literally everything you own is God's. Like Thaddeus said, volunteering your time, like your whole life is God's. We are living sacrifices before God. And so when you look at your life in that perspective, that everything you have is his and everything you are and who you are is his, your response is, okay, God, what is it? It's, it's almost like a daily like examination or every month when you do your budget or week or when you're planning out your volunteer schedule or whatever it could be. It's okay, God, what, this is my response to you. What do you want to do with it? And that's something I see Thaddeus do. He's, he's better at that than me. I'm more of a person where if I just have to have it planned um, and whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. It's just what I feel good about um, to have it, kind of structured in that way but yet try to still live in that grace of okay I feel like I should be doing more than I am and here's the thing the the tithing specifically I believe predates the law precedes the law and it became a legalistic thing for a lot of people eventually when it with that but it's okay to have structure in your life but here's the thing that was the Old Testament, but under the grace of Jesus, how much more can we give? And I believe our response is our whole life. We give our whole life to God and we say, okay, God, do with it what you will. And just make sure, like we said earlier, that you're not doing it for man, that you're not doing it to be noticed by man. I've, I've found myself guilty of that before. I want these people to know I'm giving or do people think I don't give because I don't have a, a record you know like you get those those mind traps of caring more about what people think than you care about what God thinks of you and so I it's for me one of those I got to keep my heart in a healthy place before God and even doing this podcast is super intimidating I don't want to heap judgment upon ourselves by saying things and so I think that's why we backpedal a little bit too because we don't we know we're far from perfect when it comes to generosity. I'm sure there's been times where God is, I know rather than I'm sure, I know there's been times where I felt prompted by God to do something generous and I have been, haven't been obedient because it is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it's hard to want to sacrifice what you have. And it's just easier to want to hold on to it and be in control of it and, it's scary to me. I think of the story in Acts 5 with Ananias and Sapphira where it, well, I'm just going to read Acts 5. It says, now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. So here's this thing. Ananias had lied with his wife's knowledge to the apostles, to the body fellowship of believers, and also to God. Verse 5 then goes on to say, When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and grave fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out to bury him. 
About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for your land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So the story of Ananias and Sapphira to me is a scary story because it's a story that is intimidating when you read it because it's about lying to not only others and trying to appear more spiritual or more holy or more forthright than you actually are. It's they lied to God too, and they were withholding from God. And the cool thing about this time in in biblical history is that everybody was selling everything they had. It was like they a community, and they all lived together, and they were all supporting one another. And it's really cool when you read the story. And we don't really function much like that in modern day church realm. But it wasn't so much that what they initial act that they did was wrong because they were selfish, and I think we're all a little selfish at times, but it's the fact that then they proceeded to lie about it and lie to God and lie to the apostles. and Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's not really how we function today. We're almost like a, a community, right, of, yes, we are a community. We're a body, you know, and things like that, but we're not all living in like a, a, a commune. Right. right. <laughs> but you could relate it into modern times, not necessarily with the church, but with other nonprofits. I think of because I've been a part of a, a board for youth sports before. There are stories out there of youth sports organizations where the treasurer is skimming money. Right. To, well, think about Judas, too. That's what well, he, yeah. right. But to I mean, modern times, right. right skimming money yeah. to fund whatever they want and reporting back of like, oh yeah, this is the money we have. This is, you know, what's in the accounts and things like that. But, but really it should have been more like there's all this other money that wasn't accounted for because they were taking it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I, I mean, there are legitimate stories out there that you could probably Google and find in, you know, newspaper articles of thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And that's, taking right what's not yours like no this is oh yeah I, I went and deposited all the money from uh, the concession stand but they didn't right so I think where we're going with this and maybe Trish will have something else to add to it as we wrap this up but make sure that you're giving what you're supposed to give and that does not mean 10% right but it could it could mean 10% it could mean 50% it could mean two percent it could mean you know like and it's not to me it's not just money to others it could be right that it's making sure that you're giving what you're supposed to give like you are checking your own heart with god like what am i supposed to do with this god right and that you are giving it to the right place because there can be wrong places there there really can be so like you know making sure that you and wrong are, motives right so check your heart, check your motives, but live a life. You'll never regret being generous. You'll never regret living a life of, of true generosity, of just a, of God, whatever is mine is yours, and I'm just giving it all back to you. Show me people in need. Show me how I can 
lay down my life, how I can serve others with my time and with my efforts versus just keeping everything to myself. God, just open my eyes. I just want to sneak in one more scripture here. First Timothy 6 verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in the present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things we are to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give and willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. I just love that. It says, let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give and willing to share. Generosity. So as we wrap this episode up, just like we always do, uh, we, we appreciate those that are, have been listening. Maybe you've been listening since the beginning. Maybe you are a new listener and you stumbled across us somehow. We do appreciate it. And if you have enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. You can do that easily on social media or maybe word of mouth. However, it is the easiest way for you. And you can let us know as well by either emailing us at info at fallenshortpodcast.com. You can send us a uh, DM on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Comment on a post if we actually post something. That being said, if you're listening to this on, say, Spotify or Google Podcasts, things like that, if you do use Facebook and specifically Facebook mobile, the podcast is there actually too. So like you might just see it if you follow us on Facebook, find it in your feed as you're scrolling, you can just hit play and, and keep on scrolling. So it is kind of a neat feature. So if, if you aren't following us on Facebook, uh, most of our posts there are just typically just the actual episodes. But yeah, so any, any, comments concerns questions or prayer requests send them our way so until next time i'm thaddeus and i'm trish and we love you guys or maybe you're aspiring to start one if you are we'd like to encourage you to check out blueberry podcasting for all of your hosting needs we use blueberry today and let me tell you it's it's real slick uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin so if you use our code fallen short you can get your first month free so you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast